Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. All right, thanks for joining me on another episode of the Finding Backcountry podcast. I am very excited to bring this one to you guys. Um, This is a solo episode, which... I've grown to love more and more. Um, Don't get me wrong. Almost, I mean, every single guest that I get, I personally look forward to. That's why I get them. And I love chatting, but I've become, I don't know, just a lot more comfortable rolling a podcast on my own. Um, You know, sitting down, collecting my thoughts, coming up with something that I hope is valuable and putting it out there. So. Um, that being said, new year, Hey, new year, um, time to refocus on goals. You know, I don't know if you're a new year's resolution type of person. Some people are, some people aren't, I don't get too wrapped up in it. Um, and yet I secretly wish that I was, I, I, I watch people who I feel like execute, um, you know, new year's resolutions and goals and, you know, I, I kind of want to be there. It's like watching someone who's really organized or something, you know, uh, has good qualities. And I, I feel like I should be doing better at that. And I, and I, I definitely have things, but man, I'm just, I'm a very heady person, right? So I'm in my head a lot. And if you're like me, you're just kind of constantly, um, for better or for worse, constantly assessing I feel like where I'm at and what I'm doing and what I'm working on in life and what I want to do better. That being said, um, you know, sometimes just a good re you know, reinvigoration is a good thing, um, or a necessary thing. And new year's, a new year is something that can do that for me, at least fresh. Um, you know, it's kind of starting a new game or, um, you know, sports analogy or whatever you want to say. So, um, yeah, I thought that this would be a good episode to sit down and couple things. Uh this is this is basically Hunt Series 1. So if you didn't catch on um what I think was a couple episodes prior, I'm going to continue on with the Hunt Series. Um the Hunt Series was it was it was by far the most best feedback that I got from you guys throughout last year. And, you know, maybe that's just the nature of it. Uh, maybe the, you know, few people that were actually reaching out were, um, you know, just as excited about the other episodes. I don't know, but it just, it definitely felt like, um, there was a big, big, uh, increase in interest in the hunt series stuff. And, I'm going to continue at rolling. I'm going to try something a little bit different this year. Um, I want to do, I still want to mix in, you know, I got a little carried away last year where it was just 
all hunt series for a little bit and and then of course i slacked off and whatever this is the podcast that just keeps you guessing you never know what i'm gonna do is he gonna roll out an episode um you know once every six months or am i gonna roll out two a week you have no idea so you better stay on your toes but um my goal if i was just to sit down and pencil out how this is gonna go which won't be anywhere near what actually happens but for the best intentions, um, I would have a hunt series once a month episode, you know, whether that's me or with someone else, um, I could see maybe my brother or Corey coming on and then three or four or five, uh, episodes that include a guest of some kind, you know, just kind of the standard episode that I've done in the past. And hopefully that will help me, um, you know, just kind of space the hunt series stuff out, but then to kind of go through, I mean, I'm going to start from day one here. And, and the reason that this works, right, is I'm, this is it. Like, I actually, I actually live this stuff, right? And what I mean by that is I, you know, I can roll this all year and put down two pages of notes uh, for what I'm thinking about at any given time with hunts because it's actually what's happening. Like I'm just constantly thinking about hunts, hunting, hunting gear, tags, applying for tags, what tags I drew, what tags I'm scouting, you know, depending on the time of year, what tag I'm hunting right now, what tag I'm going to hunt, what hunt I just hunted, um, how I could have done this better. Oh, what, you know, what I should draw next year, making notes, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's never ending. And so, I have no problem. I don't think I'm going to have any problem sitting down. You know, once a month will be probably hard. It will probably be difficult for me. Um, I'll feel like there's too much or I can't get it out. And maybe this will manifest itself in the first episode. And I'll go back to doing uh, more of these. So, but I do want to get back on track with the podcast. That's that's just generally something that's going to happen. And yeah, so we're going to give this a try, right? I'm already six minutes in. I don't feel like I've gotten into anything but uh so 2022 new year uh hunt series number one and i'm gonna start i'm actually gonna um kind of take a step back a little bit and rather than go through what i have as my you know kind of my specifically hunt series uh type stuff i want to just go through some of my uh Again, not not New Year's resolutions, but just where I'm at, where I happen to be at with things in my life, um, whether it's personal or fitness or hunting, some of it, right? Just, um, you know, even some some real personal stuff, some maybe some spiritual stuff. Um, and again, you know, that's probably the best way to explain it is this stuff is not something that I sat down because it was January 1 or January of a new year and thought, okay you know, what's something that I could work on and slap something down. This is stuff that's just in my mind all the time. Um, just a running, a running tab, so to speak of things that I'm thinking about or trying to improve on, uh, be better at, uh, stop doing, start doing whatever it is. Right. And so this is just the time where, you know, it's kind of like being in the locker room at, you know, before the game or whatever, you just sit and assess where you're at and, so here goes, right? Um, the first thing is kind of just a personal thing, like just simplify in life. Um, 
man, I don't know if you guys are like me. I'm in this, um, I fall into this, you know, terrible trap one way or the other. Um, and, and it always ends up with me doing too many things. But because if I get to the point where um, I don't have something going on or I feel like I've got free time, boom, I'll fill it up. I'll fill it up with 3x the amount of things that I can actually handle at that time. And then I'm buried and I'm, you know, stressed or whatever. And, and it's this vicious cycle of the second that I have, I come up for air, I weigh myself down, you know, with um, three more things that are just going to bury me again, right? It's, it's just in my nature. Um, I, almost, I do it most of the time without even thinking about it. In fact, if I don't, I've learned to catch myself. Um, I learned to catch myself, right? Um, you know, they're, anyway, I, d I don't need to go, I don't think any further into that. Um, I was actually chatting with one of my uh, work uh, colleagues, my friend at work, on a long road trip from a trade show. And I've never read the book. He only briefly described what the general topic of the book was. Um, maybe I'll listen to it on, you know, on an audio book or something, but um, he said it was called margin and it just, even just the general idea made a lot of sense to me. And I kind of ran with it in my own head of what I think it meant. But um, you know, basically what I understood or how I took it is, this principle of manner, you know, are you leaving any margin, right? If you think of a, a paper that you would write, um, kids don't write papers anymore. They probably type them and there's still margins on that, but who knows, who knows what kids do anymore with school. But, um, you know, you have to leave a margin and that, you know, I, I guess would be, would be equivalent to um, leaving room for error, right? And I don't mean error in your life, but just leaving room for, um, you know, you to, to have, that time where you can sit and decompress or relax or collect your thoughts. Now, I understand that there's guys out there who have perfected. I feel like they have perfected. Well, and even then, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think that the guys who give, you know, they, they still have that marginal time, we'll call it, again, in the margins, right, where they've left to themselves, whether it's, you know, even guys like, Cam Haynes, right? Love him or hate him. Um, you know, he will be sitting and watching a ball game, you know, an, an Oregon football game or whatever, right? And that's just an example that comes to mind. But I find myself filling up any little speck of margin that I can. And not only does that um, not allow me to be successful as I should be at the things that are really important, but it stresses me the heck out. It's stress like, and I almost, you know, I've almost gotten to the point, unfortunately, where I thrive on that and I look forward to it. So simplifying life, building in that margin. Um, you know, one example, we've ran a pack llama business and we still do, but we're kind of transitioning away from the packers and more to the, the breeding side of it. Um, we've got a pile of, really high quality females and we you know we're kind of transitioning to a little bit more um you know the just breeding and and um developing you know that's what's fun right is the breeding and watching and growing and developing these young llamas and then you know maybe by the time they're you know four or five and ready to go out 
and have a, a long life of packing, we sell them to someone, you know, who really wants them and is going to, you know, do that rather than the, 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 uh, renting side. There's a lot of stress that comes with renting llamas. I'm not saying that you won't be able to rent llamas from us. Some of you guys that are diehards and rent from us every year and stuff. Um, maybe, maybe not, <laughs> but the point where I was going with that is I would normally have, you know, three to four, five or whatever packers up here when we were full blown with the packers and I would have llamas that I need to get in shape throughout the summer. I would just kind of called that off. Um, you know, in fact, we might be selling a couple of our better packers just because we're, we're, you know, we're not going to put that on our plates, um, right now this year. I've now perfect example, right? I filled that void real quick with a year and a half old colt that needs a lot of work this summer. And that's why I made that call. But so that's, that's where I'm at with that. Just simplifying life, building in some margin. Um, and hopefully I can learn to not replace a project with a project. So my wife says that I am a collector of projects. Uh, another personal one, speaking of my wife is just being a better husband, right? Um, you know, I don't need to go into any detail and obviously, um, you know, everything's fine with me and Jen. We, we, we do real well. We click on a lot of things, but I just need to put her first more often. And, you know, I'm sure every single husband in the United States across the world could, um, probably benefit from the same thing, but she's just, she's so selfless about, you know, her time and her wants and her needs that she almost doesn't have them. Right. And I, I feel guilty and I should feel guilty. And I, I've tried to pry that out of her and <clears throat> make sure that, you know, she's getting to run her races that she likes to run or go on a vacation that we're going to go on in a couple months and sit on the beach and just have her, you know, her hunt, right. I get to do my thing with my hunts and I need to make sure that she's, you know, um, getting, getting what she, uh, deserves for sure. And then just kind of more thoughtful help the day to day. Right. I'm convinced that, um, that day to day, right. It's not the, if you're having problems, you know, in your marriage or whatever with say leaving on hunts or whatever, it's usually not the one or two weeks, um, you know, of hunts or whatever that, that cause the problems. It's all the other, you know, the other 49 weeks of the year, um, when you're just living regular life and, you know, those little things that you don't do over and over and over, they just, you know, they can eat at someone. And so just trying to be, you know, more, th be more thoughtful with the things that I help her with. Like, you know, I'm leaving on a trade show again next week. And so I'm at the store doing a little grocery shopping and, you know, made sure that I picked up just some, like some really well done. Um, the Albertsons here has these really like pre-made um, very healthy looking, you know, just like a grilled chicken and some broccoli or, uh, green beans or asparagus or whatever. And, um, you know, some red potatoes that have all been baked and they just need to kind of be reheated. Right. And that sounds, you know, maybe not like the best dinner or whatever, but when she's got two kids on her own and, you know, I just knew that that would go a long way. And she saw that I had brought these kind of pre-made meals home for the week and she was just, she, she loved it. Right. And it made me feel better about leaving. So um, moving on to, you know, slightly different category, but still working on myself is, is just my fitness. It continues to kick my fat butt, um, for lack of a better way to put it. And, um, it remind you know, I've, I've let food control me. Right. And, 
it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, easy top five uh, dances, dances with wolves. And Kevin Costner makes a line in there after sitting back at his fort. And, you know, he's, he's manning this fort that he thinks, you know, reinforcements are coming from, or his you know, his other um, guys from the military. And, you know, really it just comes down to, he keeps getting picked on by these Indians doesn't know him, obviously doesn't have any relationship with him, but just kind of gets picked on, you know, they're trying to steal his horse and, you know, all these things happen. And finally he says a line that I've, I, I, I've never forgot. And it's just, you know, a generic line, but he just says, you know, I've sat back and I've let all this happen. And, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get all my crap together and I'm going to ride out and I'm going to basically meet this on head, head on. He says, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells and he says, it has become a bad habit and I'm sick of it. And that's how I feel about my health and my, my diet specifically, you know, now am I a relatively healthy person? Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, I still, you know, kind of go on runs and lift weights and, you know, I'm fairly active. Obviously I hunt a lot in the fall and hiking around in the summer and all that. But, um, there's a difference between, you know, being a little, you know, on the, uh, you know, 80th or 90th percentile of health in this country, because let's be honest, um, the standard, the bar is being lowered every day. Um, there's a difference between that and being in mountain shape. And anyone who's done it and hunted the backcountry knows that it is not even close to the same thing. It, I've yet to leave and go on and any sort of backcountry hunt, whether it's one night or one week or 10 days and come out of there thinking, dang, like, you know, everything was good, but I really was in too good a shape, right? It's, it's never, ever, ever going to happen when you're hunting this type of country, the way that I typically hunt it. And so I've, I'm tired of, uh, my food controlling me. I'm going to control my food. My food's not going to control me. Um, one, action that I took, uh, to kind of, uh, give myself some motivation <laughs> is I signed up for the longest race that all have ever run at that time. At this time is a 16 mile race, uh, three months from now up here in Wyoming. So ready or not, um, that's going to hurt, but I am going to, I'm going to get through it and I'm going to finish it and I'm going to be in a lot better shape. So uh, sticking with just some of my kind of personal stuff, my spiritual goals, right? And I'm not going to go into anything. I don't have anything specifically to go into here, but just generally, um, trying to be a better person, right? I've, uh, you know, this is kind of putting myself out there a little bit, I guess, but, um, you know, just in general, um, I'll be honest, maybe a little ironic because on this podcast, we try not to cuss or swear, but I've, I have a, I've let myself have a bad mouth lately. And I'm, again, it's become a bad habit and I'm sick of it. Um, I've been trying to, well, you know, just recently, um, really put a focus on just being a better person, talking better, thinking better, um, you know, and just acting better. And those things will all manifest themselves. You know, one, one will feed off the other. So and then on hunting, and I, that's where I'm going to kind of transition this. So if you're sick and tired of me talking about my, you know, my personal uh, str <laughs> struggles in life, I'm sorry. 
this is a, I will remind you that this is a free podcast with no interruptions from sponsors, uh, at least at this point. So you get what you pay for. Um, my hunting, uh, general hunting goals is, you know, if I could just sum up where I'm at with my hunting goals or my, you know, my hunting mindset is I, I have a laser focus on big mule deer. Like I thought maybe after just one year of kind of, you know, three hunts that were all mine that were just kind of mule deer hunts that maybe like, um, you know, maybe I'll get my fix. No, like I, I, I don't know what this is. Um, one of my good buddies that, you know, years ago I spent some time, he was, uh, Jeremy Duggar that I'm going to try to have on the podcast. Um, he's, he, he, uh, was introduced to me through Mark Smith, you know, one of my really good, good best friends really in the hunting world. But, um, Jeremy showed me around a New Mexico hunt that I had years ago. And, um, we were talking at the time and at the time I was still kind of drunk on elk hunting <laughs> and I was giving him a hard time about being a mule deer nut. And he's seen this transition in me over the last, you know, three, four, five years where I've just, I'm just, I become sick about mule deer. Um, it's all I, you know, all my guests are mule deer guests. It's all I think about. It's all I care about. He kind of texted me the other night and was, uh, you know, giving me a hard time. Like, Hey man, like you remember when you were giving me a hard time about being an elk guy and now the tables have turned, not, not that he's an elk guy now, but he's just saying, Hey, you're, you know, you're, you were kind of a hypocrite <laughs> and I totally was. So anyway, um, you know, laser focus on big mule deer and, you know, specifically putting myself on hunts and drawing tags where I can be the most successful. And I'm going to go into more about that, but, you know, to sum all that up, right, I'm a big fan or I'm a big believer in the trusting the process and finding out what the process is to be successful and not, you know, not focusing on the specific goal, but focusing on the process of, of accomplishing the goal. And, and that journey, right? And and you have to love that process and the journey anyway, or it's it won't last. And so um finding the process of all that stuff and just trusting it. So okay, hunt series number one, 2022. Um, if you couldn't see there, I did the jab hands because I'm just like, oh man, I'm just excited. Like I'm I'm feeling it, right? I'm pumped up. And so what I'm going to do here is I'm, I just sat down and came up with, you know, five, six, seven, seven or eight, just main points of focus that I have right now as I break down and go through another hunting year and in it 100, I mean, it started probably a couple months ago when I started thinking about, okay, like, how am I going to, am I going to reapply for this tag or I'm going to apply for a different type of tag or how am I going to do this next year? But but really kind of starts right now as I really start brainstorming um, states and applications and where and why I'm going to apply and how I'm going to apply and what I'm trying to go after. And so I broke down just a few categories here that I'm going to go through. So the first thing that I do, and this will sound obvious, but this time of year is I map out all the, the uh, general application deadlines and the result. Uh, dates of when all the states right so I have a I actually do this at work because I'm spoiled and hunting is 
kind of technically part of my job. I mean, you could argue. Um, I sell hunting rifles, right? So it's the same thing, basically. Excuse me. So I have a big whiteboard at work. If they didn't, if I worked somewhere where I couldn't do that, it would obviously be at home, but it's nice there because I have the, you know, computer set up or whatever. And I list out all the Western states in kind of that chronological order of when the app deadline is, what state it is, the hunts and species that apply to that, right? Because a lot of states have split applications for different species at different times, like Arizona, for example. They have, I think, literally the first app that I, and again, I definitely don't put every state, every even every species or whatever, for the most part, all the Western states, but um, like Arizona has the first app that I'll put in, I think, for elk and antelope, uh, which is due February 8th, coming up real quick. But they also have their deer, sheep, and bison is like literally the last thing on the list. It's not due till, it's not till June 14th. So I map all that stuff out. There's websites and there's services and there's um, probably apps that will ping you on all this crap. But this is how I like to do it. I like to sit, have it in my office. <clears throat> If I get any free time, my lunch break or, you know, in the evenings or whatever after work, I can see it. I can sit. I can visualize. I can, when I can see it like that, I can think a lot more clearly about what's going on. So that's the first thing I do. Um, and then, and like I said, that helps me kind of break down and know where and what the goal is, right? It just, it's like, you know, kind of learning where you're going to play, you know, looking at the schedule ahead of a football season or a baseball season, right? You kind of getting an assessment of like, oh, okay, this one's coming up, that that's coming up there, and that's going to be a tough game. And, oh, man, you know, these guys are coming to our home field, and that's going to be a big one, you know, or whatever, right? Um, it allows me just to sit and break down the year holistically starting with application season. Um, I try at this point – Right. A really big thing for me at this point is I'm trying to not do not entertain distractions, Dustin. Right. That's what I'm telling myself is is even though I might put something on that list, it's it's just I do have other people who rely on me for some of this stuff. Like, hey, when is that app due or whatever? Maybe some friends from work or, you know, my close my family or friends or my dad or whatever that I might be helping with applications. So I'll put stuff on that board that I'm never going to apply for, right? Um, geez, what's a good example? Um, South Dakota elk, for example. Never going to apply for South Dakota elk, and neither will any of my family. But they have, you know, some sheep and goat apps that I might throw in for on the sheep or something. Anyway, I'm just looking at that board, and I'm 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 mentally um, I'm mentally weeding out distractions. Do not entertain distractions, Dustin. Okay. Next. So I start with all my laying out all my apps and deadlines and then end results. I forgot to mention that, right? I like to know kind of generally when I should expect these results to come out. Then the next thing I'll do, and I've already done this this year, is I'll tally up all my points. I will jump on the uh, whatever it is. I think it's about six Western states that I apply for that I have points in. Um, no points in Idaho, even though I apply there and no points in New Mexico, even though I apply there. So Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, 
couple points in Montana. Am I missing one? Okay, I think that's it. So I just, I'll sit down and just tally up my points, and that's a piece of paper that sits, again, around or in my desk area um, at work all year, or all application season at least. And I constantly refer back to that. So I don't just have to be looking up points like, oh, hey, real quick, I'll, you know, get an idea and think about something and, you know, have to look up what points I have in Utah for elk or whatever. It also, you know, kind of like the hunts, like does anything stand, like the deadlines um, that I put on the board, it allows me to kind of see right off, man, does anything stand out? I, I'm getting to the point in some of these, the point, no pun intended, I'm getting to the point in some of these states that I have double digit points in some stuff and some stuff that I could probably draw a pretty good tag. Right. And so, you know, does anything stand out? Is there something that jumps at me that says, man, you know, if I had 12 mule deer points in Colorado, for example, that would never happen. It would never slip past my radar like that. But if I did, that would be a huge, like that would be something that would stand out right off. Okay. Jeebus, what am I doing? with these, all these points in this state for this species, like it's time to burn those. Cause I'm not, they're not doing me any good or whatever. Right. Um, so is there something that I could draw or there are points that I should be burning or there are points that I should stop buying? Right. Is there something that stands out negatively where I'm like, man, why in the heck am I wasting my money on Havelina points in Arizona? I have 25 of them. I'm just making that up. Um, no one should have bonus points for Havelina. <laughs> That's a thing. But that would be a red flag, and I would stop buying those immediately because, again, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, um, Or um, another example that I thought of, I actually looked at earlier uh, this week, is a species like a once-in-a-lifetime in Colorado. Uh, if you understand how that system works for, like, Rocky Mountain sheep, moose, goat, uh, they have a, a preference point that you have to get to three in order to be included in the draw for real. And then they have these weighted bonus points. I'm not smart enough to understand it, but the general consensus is the weighted bonus points are basically a waste of your time and money, right? They don't really help as much as the other, you know, as some points in some states do. It's not like they're squaring them like Nevada, so there's no exponential increase in your chances of drawing or anything like that. So a lot of guys recommend that you get to the three, maybe three plus one weighted point. And then you really don't need to apply anymore because it's just a waste of time, right? So those are things that I would look at and say, hey, it's time to stop. You know, maybe I have three plus one uh, Colorado Rocky Mountain Bighorn. I'm going to make note and I'm not going to apply for that this year because I'm already, I'm technically in the random draw and I have, you know, relatively good chances anyone on something like that. So tallying up my points, taking a just a big holistic assessment of kind of where I'm at and does anything need to change or is everything uh, on track. Next, uh, this time of year, I will literally take and schedule my time off work. I can tell you, you know, right now, barring some crazy random, uh, you know, fancy tag i used to call them uh, a fancy tag like the moose tag that i uh won at the utah hunt expo 
which happened to work out because it was literally fell right in the middle of the dates that I had already scheduled off, pre-scheduled off in the middle of September anyway. But barring anything like that, which you don't, you know, you hope for, you don't technically plan for with time off of work or anything like that. I can tell you exactly the two to three weeks this year that I, every year for, you know, as far as I can tell that I want off work. And so what do I do? I apply for them. I, I, I schedule them rather. I schedule my time off work. Um, Labor Day weekend is the first one. The basically two weeks later, the, uh, like this year, it's the 10th or 11th through the 18th or 19th or something like that. Boom, right there. With being a Wyoming resident, I just, the mule deer, the general rifle mule deer hunt, if I have nothing better going on, I guarantee I'll be up on that hunt. It's an over-the-counter. I already have it. I know I'm going to get it. And that's that will be my priority unless something better comes up. And or I love that Colorado muzzy deer hunt <clears throat> that I sometimes get distracted with right there which is completely fine right but that's that same week same exact dates i think you know like the 9th through the 17th or something this year so um that week and then the last one is the first week in october and the reason that i take that like the first through the sixth is that's the last week of the wyoming deer hunt and it's it's kind of my flex week uh, there's also you know usually some other like, I don't know, um, maybe a, I didn't get one this year, but an Idaho over-the-counter tag or something that would open right there. But I can kind of use that flex week. And and frankly, my job's awesome. You know, if I if it got till the 1st of September and it looked like I didn't have, you know, or whatever, at any point during the year, if it didn't look like I was going to have any hunt um, that week, I could – take that date and move it, you know, and hunt the last week in October or first week in November, whatever I needed to. So I just kind of put that there as a safety net. Um, that's a heck of a good time to hunt that general Wyoming tag. Um, a lot of guys that I know that are serious and get after it and do some damage on that Wyoming general tag. Um, they wait and go that last week with the assumption that, you know, if there's a good, amount of snow or a big snowstorm that hits that can completely change uh that hunt right so <clears throat> i take my time off right now i don't even think about it it's the advantage of kind of having a laser focus on something i know exactly what i'm after and generally when i'm after it because there's you know and again if i end up drawing a arizona strip tag right that's in november guess what? I'll figure it out, right? I'll rearrange some of those dates. It's always easier to rearrange dates or, you know, in my situation to kind of, you know, adjust those later or earlier or whatever than it is to last minute ask for more days off. So along with that, so um, then I'll, then I'll kind of coordinate schedules with my brother and, or like my family or my close, you know, my hunting buddies, right? Um, if, you know, Jason's got a bunch of deer points this year. He's probably going to come up and hunt Wyoming. We kind of talk about that. When are we going to do that? How are we going to do it? Um, you know, if Corey's going to draw his elk tag again this year and all that kind of stuff. So um, then I take a big gear, uh, gear slash kind of weapon assessment. Um, 
you know, not that I don't think about this stuff all year, but this is just kind of the time, right? Again, this is like the downtime. This is all the downtime that we feel like we get really. Um, and it's, it's preparation mode. And so, um, do I need a new batch of arrows for my bow, right? Do I need to order another dozen arrows and get those things tuned up now? So I'm not doing stupid stuff like that in August or, you know, whatever, like I did last year when I'm setting a bow up eight days before the hunt. So I try to think ahead on some of that stuff. In my defense, I ordered that bow last year, February 1st, and it took that long for it to get there. So I was thinking relatively ahead. We just didn't understand the effects that, you know, supply chain crap was going to have. So, but, you know, things like arrows, um, is my rifle setup dialed? Is there something stupid that I need to change or add or didn't like from last year hunting with my, my rifle setup? Um, my backpack gear, right? That's a huge variable for, for me, and when you're doing stuff like this, there's always inevitably there's some backpack gear that's got to be, you know, switched out or changed. Or man, I, I I haven't used this for four years, and I made note of it in my phone that I wanted to get rid of it, or I want to change this. Um, do I have any new interests in gear? Right? There's always, uh, you know, maybe a little later in the year. You know, once they have a couple of big trade shows and you know, some new spring gear will pop or whatever. Maybe there's some new stuff, but is there anything right now based off last year specifically that I'm ready to switch out and try something new, right? This is a heck of a good time to get it. You can play with it at home while it's, you know, dark outside and then, um, you know, take it out in the hills or whatever it happens to be, right? Um, animals and livestock, right? If you're going to, am I going to rent, you know, a, am I going to, uh, hire a packer. I probably wouldn't cause I have, you know, access to some pack llamas. Um, you know, but you know, just, just general coordination with stuff like that for us, it's, you know, well, I want the llamas these days and Jason has this hunt that he needs them for. And we're okay. We're going to be hunting together. So we'll, you know, you'll probably bring them up about this time and then they can stay with me and then we'll have them up here. And, you know, just kind of starting to think that process of, you know, with, livestock or pack animals comes a lot more logistics and a lot more headache. And the, the sooner that you can kind of, you know, get all that stuff mapped out, especially when I live this far from my family, you know, is there anything that I need to take down? Is there pack llama saddles that I have up here that Jason needs down there or vice versa? Or, you know, this time of year we're wheeling and dealing new llamas all the time. Do I need to, you know, pick something up in Montana and take it down to Jason and switch them for something that we're selling and all that kind of stuff. And when am I going to do that and all that? Um, and then, and then just gear in general, just, uh, selling gear, right? This is a good time because other guys, crazy guys like me, I guess, are assessing their gear needs and, you know, maybe they want to pick up a new archery release that I want to get rid of, you know, one that I don't use or something like that. Um, and so, might as well start now and start doing the, you know, kind of an early spring cleaning, so to speak. And, you know, take an assessment of like, like I said, maybe there's something from my backpack that I don't ever use and want to get rid of, make that assessment now. So you can, um, you know, start getting rid of it. It's nice to have that extra cash to roll into application uh, fees and crap like that. So all that stuff is constantly going through my head. I'm just kind of take a running, uh, tally of what I have and what I don't have, what I need to get rid of. Um, you know, two, two more, two more main points here. Um, this time of year, 
uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I think about kind of these raffles and expo tags, right? And trust me, I was thinking the same way long before I ever picked up, a, got lucky and drew a moose tag. Um, but, you know, that's just a perfect example of some of these. You have to understand that if you're chasing things like moose and especially sheep, uh, bison, mountain goat, I hate to say it, but some of your best chances are these $5 raffles or, you know, pay, pay a hundred bucks and get 20 tags and put them in the sheep drawing. Or, um, even some of these companies that are doing giveaways this, this time of year, right. Epic outdoors, for example, they have this, you know, their membership drive and, you know, or, you know, you can just buy raffle tickets, right. Or you can donate a, a thing, a subscription to somebody else, um, you know, for their birthday present or whatever, and then it gets you entered in a drawing or gets them entered with you or something like that, right? Um, Are there, there's some state agencies this time of year that start doing these fundraising um, raffles, right? And if you really start digging into some of these, like, you can sometimes, you can uncover these little hidden gems where it's like, oh, the, you know, the random... Uh, chapter down in Arizona that nobody knows about is raffling off this, uh, you know, this desert sheep tag or something crazy, right? That like, oh, the odds on this, if when you really look at it, are, you know, one in twenty five hundred, like for a sheep tag or something crazy, right? I mean, I'm, I don't have anything in mind, but that there's stuff out there that's your best odds are definitely in these raffles or you know, um, you know, giveaways or, you know, membership drives or whatever. Right. And so, um, I'll, I'll hunt some of that stuff down. You know, if I got a little extra jingle that year in my pocket, or I feel like, you know, I want to got a couple hundred bucks or maybe you sold some gear, right? Like I was saying, Hey, I sold, you know, two or three things, pieces of gear or clothing or something that I was done with and got a couple extra hundred bucks. Maybe that's a good place to put it. I don't know. Um, but I, I do, I, I think about that kind of stuff, uh, states like Wyoming will have these super tags or whatever. So, you know, I don't just think of, you know, building bonus points and drawn tags. Like again, that moose hunt, right. I was just kind of doing, practicing what I preach through an app in, you know, really it was to support, you know, some conservation and, you know, that kind of crap. Uh, sorry, that was a terrible way to put that, but. Um, you know, just put money into a good thing. Right. And, you know, I don't know why I explain it. I don't know why I use that word, but, um, and it, you know, it ended up working out and I'm completely fine. You know, I'm not doing that just selfishly to get tags or whatever. There's some, um, benefit behind donating that, that money to those programs for sure. So it's definitely not crap. Um, the last thing, you know, that maybe, people won't think about or don't think about that um, are just getting into this probably is like, I, I take this time of year, you know, not as much anymore, but um, especially when I was getting started, I would take this time of year where it's kind of the off season, we'll call it. And I would, I would use it to learn, right. Um, Pick up a good, I, I read every flipping book, Mule Deer, you know, David Long's book and Cam Haynes' book and Robbie Denning's book and all the Eastman's books. And like, I would read through all these books, you know, one at a time in the off season or whatever. And I've read most of them now, but, um, 
you know, take this time to learn, right? For me, you know, it could be books. Um, it could also be back to the, the expos. You can go to the seminars at the expos, right? Um, man, that's, that's kind of where I uh, was introduced to Mark Smith, and that's opened up a lot of doors for me. He's a, just being his friend alone, right? That was a, that's worth it right there, and some of the connections and stuff that, you know, network that he's got. And so that, that all happened at seminars. We used to go sit, you know, like little kids and just listen to his stories and stuff, and, hey, we learned stuff too. I remember uh, him talking about things that we would apply on hunts later, right? Um, for me, selfishly, I'll have new podcast guests on, and I kind of think this time of year, you know, hey, what do I want to do and and stuff. So that you know, that's something that happens all year. Um, but yeah, just again, learning in general, right? Maybe it's time to go hunt down a bunch more podcast episodes and figure out how guys are backpacking for mule deer uh, that you got, you know, you got your butt handed to you last year and you had no idea what you were doing or you know, you packed in and your pack was too heavy and you ended up having to pull out after, you know, three days on a seven day hunt. And, you know, cause you didn't understand what gear to use or something. Now's the time to research that. Go find a podcast episode on things that you struggled with last year or things that you want to learn. Um, so that you can roll into this next season, you know, you can hit the ground running, so to speak, and have as much of that knowledge as possible. So Guys, I hope that that was valuable in some way or another, but that, I mean, that is where my head's at right now um, with things that are important to me with, again, with kind of life and just kicking off a new year. And then uh, also the the first hunt series portion of, of the year and the episode, that's what's going on in my head. Man, it is an exciting time. Like, you know, if you... Uh, God, it's, you know, you sandbagging son of a bee. Like, it's it's application season. If anyone knows the the uh, um, the quote there or the reference that I'm talking about, you'll 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 appreciate that. But I call me like I'm so close to loving application season more than actually hunting. It's not even funny, and I don't. I would obviously rather be hunting. That's silly, but. I get so excited and giddy and I just, I love it. Like I, I'm almost to the point. I just want to do people's applications for them for free. Right. Uh, because I love this kind of stuff. I love thinking through it and, um, strategizing and building the points and thinking about where I'm going to apply and trying to outsmart the systems of, you know, how to get a tag and how to, you know, maybe I can figure out, you know, maybe this is a good tag to have or whatever. Right. So hope you guys are in the same boat. Hope you're gearing up for an awesome season. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, if you have any feedback, please send it my way. I always, if a guest that you want to hear uh, selfishly comes to mind, hit me up and I'll get them on for you or I'll try at least. Um, I appreciate you guys listening and hopefully was able to bring some value on this one. So until next time. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackCountry.com.